Hello, listeners. This is a trigger warning. The movie discussed in this episode is one with heavy adult themes and therefore lent itself to some mature bits of conversation. We try our best to bleep any curse words and keep the program PG-13, but you may want to keep any young minds away from this particular episode. Hello, and welcome to Please Don't Send Me to Outer Space, a podcast intent on exploring all that science fiction and fantasy has to offer, one movie at a time. My name is Aaron Cornelius. What? You don't have a last name? You liar! Liar! My name is Joel. My name is Sarah. We don't have last names. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, I just want you guys to Google search me. Okay. That's why. Uh, okay. <laughs> They're going to find all your sexy secrets. Do you have to go to the bathroom or something? No, I'm good. Oh, you were just making an exit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. Good night. I dropped the mic. mic. (laughs) Like, damn it, Aaron. Oh, (laughs) my God. That's funny. (laughs) Oh, my God. This week was Doppelganger from 1993, starring Drew Barrymore as Holly Gooding, George Newbern as Patrick Highsmith. Uh, who else do I want to talk about? Leslie Hope as Elizabeth, and uh, Dennis Christopher as Dr. Heller, although uh, the only characters you really need to know about are Drew Barrymore uh, and the, the well, Patrick. You see, I'm already stumbling. Excuse me, what's the name of the, the, the dude in this movie? The one with, like, the, the really long kind of 90s hair? You mean the main character? Yeah. Guy? Patrick. Yeah. Patrick. Okay. All right. Patrick. Patrick. His name is Spencer. Spencer? <laughs> we'll call okay. him Spencer. So Spencer sure, is... Sure. Now, now this, was, this movie was suggested to us by Spencer, and uh, it's already make us made us reticent to ever, 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 ever ever take a suggestion again. Just kidding. It's it's fine. Thank you, Spencer. I do feel like we got punked. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is a supernatural horror romance thriller, so we'll call it fantasy. And it was not... It was like... what? Hey, Sarah, you want to synopsize the movie? <laughs> All right. Well, I'll, I'll try to. I'll, I'll give it a shot. Oh, here. Aaron's gonna do it. Okay. I'll, I'll give it a shot here. I'm brave. Right. I'm brave. I'm, I'm not really that brave. All right, take one. I'm just. I'm just. It's, maybe it's more my stupidity. I don't know. Okay. Well. Well. What I recall is this is a film about, um, well, a very troubled young woman who's trying to find an apartment. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. It's also about di- uh, lunch appointments, Make sh- making sure you get to your lunch appointment on time. And uh, They live in a very uh, Los Angeles lifestyle, and you've got to make lots of lunch dates. And then definitely, if you happen to see your new roommate across the street, run out from whatever diner you're in, you're, you're in at that time and just casually have a conversation with them to, through two lanes of traffic. Because I'm sure they can, they can hear you doing that, all that L.A. traffic, definitely, because... 
I think that was my favorite scene in the whole movie, though. Is he run, he's like, I think that's her. He runs outside and just stares at her and goes, hey, do you want to come on over? Come on over. <laughs> but there's, like, cars zooming by. like. <laughs> and Major Doe I swore he was all into her. Of course he's like, hey, hey, what are you doing on that side of traffic? What's up? I'm sorry. I just had to. I had to get that out there. That was a scene that that really that, that uh, resonated with me. I yeah, guess that's that's. I mean, that's not even the the craziness starts from minute one practically. I yeah, mean, the very first minute is she's stabbing somebody, right? <laughs> um, it's either the stabbing or just a very sexual or the encounter weird with, with, the, with some dude. Scene, yeah, and I, pigeons. Pigeons. Yeah, there's definitely like some some <laughs> some pigeons leering over. Uh, Leering over Drew Barrymore as she's uh, getting on with that guy. Like good feathers? <laughs> yeah. Yes. For some reason, they have birds a lot in this movie. I noticed birds. Bird symbology. Yeah. Because she wants to fly away home. Oh, also, also the angel wings. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, oh, yeah, I don't know yeah. if you want to, like, if, if that's just like a giant, like, rock that has the word symbolism, <laughs> you know, Painted on it, just dropped on your head. Symbolism! And, you know, we don't even know what this movie's about yet. We just know it's a young lady. She wants an apartment. Yes. Desperately looking for an apartment in L.A. Relocated to, to L.A. She moves in with a dude. This dude doesn't know anything about her because she's being super cagey, right? You know, mm-hmm. she doesn't know. But there's something kind of off about her. I mean, she doesn't like cats. That's how you know something's wrong. So would you say this movie was a sexy movie or the sexiest movie? There's definitely some impl- some very strong sexual content in this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I mean, we were talking about it a little bit while we were watching the movie, like kind of trying to figure out the era in which this film came out, um, and like as far as like Drew Barrymore's career is concerned. And uh, it definitely felt that it was one of those movies where it was like, you know, I'm not that kid from ET anymore, guys. This is me, <laughs> you know. This is me uh, getting, getting super sexy. I don't know. I'm still a fire starter, but I'm starting different kinds of fires. Oh, my God. <laughs> that seems like a huge gap. I mean, that had to be in between parts, I right? I, you know, I, I'm sure there were. She grow up in one point. I don't know. I, I just I kind of want to be in the room where someone was like, we have a movie for you. Yeah. You know, here's the script. Sold it to her. <laughs> yeah. I do want to be there. I want to know why. How this went down. Yes. <laughs> Oh, thanks again, Spencer, by the way. Just wanted to thank you. Yeah, yeah. Drew Barrymore was hugely famous. I'm pretty sure she could have had any number of roles Mm -hmm. at this point in her career. And um, she chose this one, and I'm kind of trying to figure out what possessed her to. (laughs) Dropping some truth hints in there. So... What was this movie about? Oh, we. Oh, okay, uh, it's a woman looking this. for looking for an apartment. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, uh, so what does this have to do with Catholicism? I don't understand. Oh yeah, that's definitely. There's some pretty heavy, heavy implied Catholicism in there. You know, she 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 ta- once she get, you know once she meets the dude, the writer dude, sees that his apartment's pretty messy. You know, it's implied that she doesn't like cats, but is okay with it. Uh, there's like one scene where she kind of like inches around the cat. And then, you know, she goes to her room finally and starts moving things in and, you know, pulls out a music box, tacks a huge cross to her wall, tink, 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 and then, uh, um, <laughs> I don't know, I, 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 my memory is not, is not perfect at this point, but, uh, I'm gonna have to say 
there was definitely a lunch appointment after that scene. <laughs> yeah, a lunch appointment <laughs> a lunch where appointment. he tells his friend, I got this hot new roommate. Yep. Um, yep. And, and really, she doesn't know where I am. Oh, wait. <laughs> it's weird because he doesn't know anything about her. He just thinks he's willing to sleep on the couch. He's willing to, you know, get rid of the cat if he has to. Because he wants her to stay at his house. And she's not really answering many questions at this point. We don't know much about her as a viewer. We just saw her do something weird in New York. And now she's in L.A. And we kind of don't know if that was just a dream. Or if that's going to happen in the future. I didn't know if it was like um, backtracking or forward flashing or what. Yeah, no, no. It, it was very... Like, the imagery was just very sudden. Yeah. Like, there was no explanation. And then suddenly you, get, you start getting this linear story. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I like the fact that the, 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 the friend or the colleague or the work colleague, the, the lunch mate, uh, um, uh, described... Just, you know, was like, well, wait, you know nothing about her? You know, kind of almost the voice of reason at that point. She was consistently the voice of reason. The yeah. only sane person in the movie. <laughs> And it, it unfortunately it kind of made her sound uh, stand out like a Thor, uh, a Thor, a Thor thumb, a Thor thumb. As an as an as guardian, she stood out really bad. She stood out <laughs> at like a sore thumb because everyone else was crazy. <laughs> yeah, there was not another normal person in there. So how'd she get in the movie? So let's talk about that first scene because I we're we're kind of skimming over it, and I, yeah. I think that. It it set the tone okay. for I don't know what because the tone was everywhere disjointed. Yeah. yeah, we see her approaching a door at a New York apartment while sim- simultaneously flashing to Drew Barrymore uh, receiving uh, a, a a pleasurable experience from somebody while leaning against a wall. And steel drum music playing while this is happening. There was a lot of inappropriate music for scenes <laughs> while that was happening. At least I think it was while that was happening. Or did, yeah, or no, did, there were, there, I don't remember them happening were, simultaneously. Maybe they didn't. I think I, it starts off with... Because it doesn't explain her, how they could have. I thought it started off with her walking down the street, okay. seeing someone that looked just like her, turning around and going, what? And then... Going up to this hotel or something. Oh, yeah, nose randomly bleeding. And then she ends yeah. up with this dude who I don't even remember seeing his face. Yeah. I think maybe that could have been somebody else. Maybe they could only afford to have Drew Barrymore in New York. <laughs> yeah, I think it was supposed to. Well, but that we're doesn't fit ahead. into what we're, we're jumping going ahead. into. That. <laughs> it, a man who could have been somebody who looked similar to a person we see later in the movie. Um, <laughs> no, and, and actually, um, I thought I saw him twice, believe it or not, because um, there, there was a scene, um, okay, so one, once this initial scene happens, and which leads to the other sexy scene, I guess, and then, and then you know, go, which goes then later to the scene where she has got, like, the newspaper and everything, and then she, like, is walking over to the apartment, there's a white dude who walks by her, oh. and, and he's got glasses on, and he looks very similar to... The gentleman that she might have been having relations with. Yeah, in, in the this scene. Could, this could have been a memory. I mean, we don't know what was going on when it was going on. For well, just some reason, they just need to, like, we need to amp the sexiness up yeah. to, to nine, and then later it's going to be at ten. But right now it's nine. 
That's um, not even the thing I wanted to talk. I don't want to talk about her doing the thing. Well, I want to talk about... But the music during that scene, though, the steel drums, <laughs> let's, let's focus on that just for a moment. Okay. Because, like, you're already kind of, like, sort of unsettled by, yeah. by like, the intensity of the scene. And then out of and nowhere... slow motion. <laughs> and, like, birds. Then and steel like drums. I feel like I'm watching a commercial for sandals. <laughs> Yeah, Royal Caribbean. <laughs> come sail away, come sail away. Oh man, oh man, so funny. Oh, it was man. so funny. People throw stuff like that in sometimes just to show you how you know you're in the metropolitan city. Oh, like reminds me of that like NYPD Blue theme that was like. Somebody playing a paint bucket or something <laughs> in it. <laughs> to give it that slight the street, street music feel. sound. <laughs> yeah. Life in the street. <laughs> bucket drum. <laughs> That's something. That is something right there. It doesn't even. I mean, they don't have to establish where she is because she doesn't go back to New York again after this. No. This could have been a scene from an entirely different movie. Um, maybe maybe there were like three movies that they just kind of stitched together. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, it had a different production value, yeah. wouldn't you say? Oh, in the, yeah. In yeah. That the first, the first couple scenes had yeah. had a much yeah. higher per- production value than, uh, than the, the, lunch, <laughs> the lunch appointments, the apartment. <laughs> it's uh, like... The, the, lunch, the lunch appointments weren't too bad, though. They had a lot of extras. You know, it felt, it felt okay. Okay. Yeah. But the, yeah. Definitely the the, yeah. the, the, the the porno level of like stuff that's going on with with the the apartment scenes where it's like I'm looking for an apartment. I'm yeah. a sexy young woman. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm just a, there's only one bedroom, uh, but uh, I don't sleep much. The don't writing worry. stink. The writing just stank. <laughs> and later, a guy comes by to repair the sink. <laughs> I mean. The scene where she ends up telling him, like, that wasn't me. That was somebody else. I want to talk about the murder. Okay, okay, in the very okay. beginning. Okay, right. going back to Manhattan. Okay. In the very beginning, she's fooling around with this guy while a steel drum is being played. <laughs> and- By a pigeon. By a pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> Still drum playing pigeon there. Let me talk. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Not you. <laughs> I'm trying to let you talk. <laughs> <laughs> While at the same time we see her or someone that looks just like her going up to another doorway in a very fancy apartment building, like with marble floors. And you get up to the top of the penthouse or wherever she's going. Um, she walks up to the door and um, someone answers it. Right. But you, first you, you get an interior shot of this woman who we don't know who she is talking about how, I don't know, she's crazy and something about... I can't get the money because she's something something. Or, or she, I didn't hear any of that. Yeah, she was talking was crap not- about her. Mm. Yeah. And, and I then think was oh, like, there was no, a bloody right. nose. Yeah. Or... Right. She's like, right. oh, wait, I think she's at the door. And then she acts all nice. Okay. Holly, is that you? That's right, the murder. And then she stabs her to death in slow motion. 
Man, that's like a three-part murder scene too, mm-hmm. right? She gets shanked in one part, and she's like, "No, I can't die yet. Yeah, I got to go over here." And then she got shanked again, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Nope, not dead enough yet. Yep. Got to go over here." Yeah, this stab and a lot slow-mo. of slow mo. Yeah, yeah, that, that woman. Amazing. Yeah, she's very resilient <laughs> to stabs. <laughs> <laughs> we also be- before she opens the door, we establish that uh, uh, Drew, whoever this person is that looks exactly like Drew Barrymore's character. Has weird webbed hands. Oh yeah, yeah. I yeah. didn't know we saw. No- There's a bit of a nosebleed too, yeah. wasn't there? No, she's well, she like does something with her face that's like. In the love yeah. scene, did they have like a overlay of like the weird, gross, ghoulish yes. face yes. of yes. the bloody you man saw that. It's or like a whatever? Flash of it. Or wait, no, he like looks up at her or something. Yeah, and there's like a bloody face. Yeah, this movie. We this haven't movie. even gotten anywhere yet. <laughs> So, <laughs> smash cut, Los Angeles. Um, she's stabbing and stabbing and stabbing, and you get the feeling that somebody told Drew Barrymore, like, hey, have fun with this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. You get that feeling for the whole movie. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. It's like she's, um, she's having fun, stabbing some extra to death. With a fake, or whatever. You can tell that it's fake, but you can tell that you're supposed to be taking away that it's real. Yeah. Simultaneously. It turns out that this person is her mother. We don't know that till a lot later. Well, no, we we know that she says that her mother was murdered when she she is later, not, not too far later. I feel like I experienced this in a completely different time. Yeah. I was... Okay, each one of us... I have an idea. Okay. Each one of us say what the movie was about. Okay. It was about 93 minutes. <laughs> uh, what was the movie about? No, I don't I don't know the answer to that question. That's why That's why Aaron was supposed to synopsis. We haven't got tried, past though. the I murder. Tried. I tried to synopsis it. <laughs> the movie is about a woman who might be... Multiple women, but she might also be a demon, and she's she's got a lot of problems with relatives, and this poor guy can't help it. He falls in love with her, and he puts himself right in the middle, and it's stupid. That's my explanation. Okay. There's, a, there's probably a mystery. Is there a mystery? I don't know. The mystery of the... The phone sex operator. <laughs> that's right. Oh, man, that's right. And there's, like, the whole scene where, like... <laughs> yeah, I'd forgotten about that. Oh, my gosh. That's, like, that's like the whole, like, mystic, mystical, like, mysticism explanation part is, like, the writer goes there and, he, and, and, and you see... It, it's a pretty normal-looking office, except there's women, like, moaning into phones mm-hmm. and stuff. And then, mm-hmm. and then, and then, yes, I'm totally naked right now. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And then he, he goes up to this uh-huh. lady, a former nun... Who who now is a like owner of a sex phone hotline, I guess, and uh, and and uh, and he just she just straight up like tells him exactly what's going on. She's just like doppelgangers, they're demons, and they're gonna kill you. And he's like, no way. I, I mean, this is <laughs> I don't remember verbatim, but but she had she had a very or she her. Man, her acting, she was trying to be, like, very, like, elo- eloquent and, like, 
and and like distinguished. But but man, this film, I I just don't even. I don't know, man. She was supposed to be, besides Drew Bar- Barrymore, like the big get, you know, because uh, it's it, she's been in all kinds of stuff. This actress whose name is Sally Kellerman, and uh, like uh, she's most recently on Marin as Tony Marin. I, I don't watch that show, so. From my point of view, after she leaves. New York, which I didn't know where that fell into the story or if it was just like a random, I don't know. But it sh- it shows that she's now in Los Angeles in a cab and looking out the window. And I was kind of reminded of Mulholland Drive because she pulls up in front of this apartment building that has like a courtyard out front and... Um, she's looking for an apartment, and she goes to the door, meets this guy. Right off the bat, she finds out that nothing he said in the ad for the place is true. I think he said it's a two-bedroom, and it's only one. It's, like, right next to a train or something. Makes a lot of noise. Yeah. She thinks it's an earthquake because it's shaking so bad. Oh, she's afraid of earthquakes. That's right. right. I forgot of that, about that. Oh my gosh, it's so deep, the yes, symbolism. There is a lot of layers to this Smack onion. Smack my face. To this <laughs> smelly Goodness. Onion. Okay. So, wait, wait, wait. He put an ad somewhere saying that he had a room for rent? Yes. He didn't know he was going to get Drew Barrymore out of this equation. What Was he just going to reject a bunch of people? And we didn't establish that he needed, like, help with the he rent or anything money. like that. I mean... Well, what was he doing? He didn't have any money. I have no idea. He was just writing. I think the idea was he was going to live on the couch. <laughs> I think no matter who showed up at the, at the house, okay, no matter who showed up, he was going to rent them his bedroom. He was just pleasantly surprised yeah. that it was her. Yeah, I think I think it was it was definitely a bonus that Drew Barrymore showed up. Yeah, I think that if it was somebody like a dude, he might have just given them the couch. No, oh, good point. And he might have kept the room. Point. Yeah, so they they decide that even after she finds out about all the drawbacks of living in this place that she's going to move in anyway. And afterwards, like we said, he goes to the cafe or whatever, talks to his friend about it. This woman who you can tell right off the bat is supposed to be like a colleague or something, but maybe also like some sort of um, maybe past or future love interest that there's something else there like that they kind of make it seem like she's into him from the beginning and then lots of background here lots of good stuff going on you know characters characters who are actual characters Stop laughing. <laughs> well, I was going to tell you that I, when we're talking about the writing being so bad, the thing that came into my mind was that, okay, so she, he sees her outside and he goes, that's my roommate right there. And he runs out to try and talk to her and she just stands there and doesn't say anything. Yeah. And then she <laughs> disappears when a car drives by. And she looks, when, whenever... <laughs> This happens on several occasions. That's that scene, right? by the way. Yeah. That scene in the movie. Hey, come on over. <laughs> you never done that to somebody before? Come on. Well, no, but it was just... But it wasn't just a, hey, come on over. It was like a... 
we're in here, blah, 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 lots a of full, dialogue. A full conversation. Yeah, yeah. One-sided. Usually with someone on the same side of the street. Is this thing on? <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, we describe that she, whenever there are certain times when we see Drew Barrymore, she is, like, wearing a, a big coat and she's wearing... Wayfarers and a scarf around her head, like a forties mm-hmm. starlet or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Fifties starlet. Definitely. Incognito, though, definitely uh, the, right. the presence that she doesn't want people to know that it's her. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I don't. You know, um, <laughs> if we hit every beat of what happens in the story, we're gonna we're gonna be here for three hours. Just read the highlights for us, real quick. All right, all right. Okay, so here's the notes. Doppelganger. Steel drum. <laughs> Danny Trejo. Naked lady hand solo. <laughs> Diet Coke. Hang the cat. Dot ellipses. Uh, how did they have sex? Question mark. What a twist. Underlined WTF the rest of the page. There are explanations for all these notes, and uh, I, some of it is sarcastic, so you, you can't carry it over by looking at it. It's, it's when I read my notes, I know when I said what a twist, I was being sarcastic. But when I say WTF, I'm being completely sincere. Because we're, let's, let's just save what happens. <laughs> let's just save that. So, uh, I put Danny Trejo down there just because he just oh, yeah. randomly appears. I mean, he's he's practically an extra, although he does have lines. Uh, what was the point of that scene? I think it was to show that she is an independent, <laughs> amazing woman who's not going to take no guff from anyone. That's what I got from that scene. She's just like, no way, man. I'm not going to have this construction worker grabbing his crotch and... In my direction. Yeah, she, like, knees him in the crotch, doesn't yeah, she? Yeah, yeah, she really... <laughs> so, I mean, I think that's what it's supposed to be implied. Anyways. Okay. That's my interpretation of it. Oh, it's, it's as good as any, but it doesn't really serve a point. Oh, no, it has absolutely no no purpose in this film, but, I mean, Dan Trejo's in the movie, so that's pretty cool. No, none of it makes sense. You can put it all together or rearrange it, but it's not going to make mm-hmm. sense. It's everything... And the kitchen sink. And there's, so many, there's like so many scenes where like the main character meets someone and they're like really like the dude or I forget his name the, the the character's name but he meets someone and they're like overly aggressive to him for no reason and then okay. and then the movie continues then he goes then there's a lunch appointment you know? <laughs> <laughs> it feels like to me and, then he, and he's like he's like explaining how his life is getting like even more crazier. And then his friend, who was just like every scene past the first one, is just even more and more like, oh my god, I want you, you know, kind of a thing going yeah. on. Yeah. I don't know. Well, he keeps explaining like what happened, and she keeps going, you need to get out of this situation. And he keeps going, yeah. <laughs> In the back of his mind, he's like, but dead ass. <laughs> <laughs> just doesn't. I don't even know what the plot points are. Okay, in the beginning, in she the stabs beginning, somebody. Then she goes to LA, gets the apartment. Okay, she's in the apartment. Then uh, 
he comes back after their cafe thing, and he goes, I didn't know you came out. And she goes, I didn't. I've yeah. been here all morning. Yeah. This is the first time someone has acknowledged in the movie that... Some weird's going on. That she was... Someone saw her where she wasn't. She wasn't there. And then... And then what does she say after that? Is that the day they go to visit her sick brother? Or is that I the day they go to... He takes her on a bunch of errands. Yeah. Wait, ta- she's supposed to go oh, to the house. she goes to the house. Yeah. That's right. That's oh, what that's happens right. next. Right. Like, because she's supposed to get some sort of inheritance or it's something like that? like an estate like there. It feels like there's some type of estate. She's that- supposed to sign something or get the deed to the house. So or- it turns out that, for some reason, they used to live in Los Angeles at this uh, at the time. Mansion. A, a mansion. And then... After her father's death, we find out her father died in a very tragic way that they think that her brother was the killer. She doesn't think her brother did it. Oh, no, 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 no. But the police said that he did, and since then he has been declared insane and has been kept in a home for a very long time. But she doesn't want to go into this house. She approaches it, and... She sees something in the window. I, I don't hear he Or he says, does, yeah. yeah. He says he sees somebody in the window. Right. What? And she goes, no way. She can't be here. Or something like that. <laughs> so doesn't it seem like their family lawyer, like, it has been involved with her yeah. somehow or other? Oh, well, she's been around the block. No, wait, what? <laughs> the guy who's standing there at the gate of the estate or whatever, like, doesn't he kind of... Like he, he's kind of, he's acting like what might have been taken as fatherly, but is also, but is way too creepy to be fatherly. Because he's like, you know, I've been, I've been your family's lawyer for a long time, and I think that we should have more sex. No, I don't, he doesn't say that, but yeah. What, you're looking at me like I'm crazy. So did, you got the feeling that he was trying to come off, did you, you as you think that he me was as a human being? attracted to her or that they had some history there? I did not notice that he was attracted to her, but it could have been that way. I was Did you feel that way? I got I got the fact that like he either knew something about her or hmm. there was just some implication historical implication other than just the fact that he was their family member. Yeah. I got yeah. I got there was like something there that maybe the movie was going to lead us into. He like, knew, he like, knew that she was a nutbird. Right. Yeah, there's something, something going on there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Maybe he was aware of her, um, uh, her uh, therapy. The fact that she was going to therapy. The fact that there was something, something wrong. I definitely got that feeling. I didn't get the feeling that there was attraction, but I mean, I just felt like most of the male characters in this movie had some type of attraction for Drew Barrymore. So it was like everywhere she went. Yeah. It, yeah. Which is funny because like she is attractive, but. They make every. They make a point of showing every male character <laughs> in the movie show that they are attracted to her. Definitely, it's really funny. <laughs> it's like so aware of it. <laughs> yeah. Like especially with that party scene too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh my God. <laughs> after they decide not to go to the house and turn around and go back, is that the night when they have dinner, or is that later? When when do they have dinner? Which which dinner are we talking about here? Uh, we're talking about 
basically how Drew Barrymore's character was invited to the part the party. Okay, the party so event. like what the events that led to that. That happens after the first time oh. that they do it. Well that dinner then. I don't remember <laughs> what. See, there's no. This movie's hard it, because a there's a bunch of incongruent scenes, and then there's a bunch of like important factoids. Well, I was gonna say repeats of the same scenes where the dialogue is different, but it doesn't really. We're not learning anything. Is that when? When does he have that dream where she's been crucified on the wall after? Well, the first night, after the first night, right, doesn't he have a dream? Like, very first night the very afterwards? first night, he has a dream, I believe, that he wakes up. Yeah. Like, horrifically. Like, is that, is that true? Or? I think that's I right. I don't know. I, I feel like I, I need thought... to watch this movie again. I know. I never <laughs> thought I would say that. But it it's like, it's like she... <laughs> I don't feel like I thought that, by that the she, way. I thought that she said... Like, that wasn't me. Oh, my gosh. You know, like, sort of alluding to, like, that person is following me again or something yeah. like that. And I think she, like, yeah, she talks about that a little bit. But I didn't know if it was after that or if it was after the morning after they fool around when she goes, that wasn't me. No, I think the dream sequence happens before. Or maybe the dream sequence... Maybe they do it, then the dream sequence happens, then he goes in and she's like, that's not me, don't treat me like her. You, that, can, you can do whatever you want with her. That, I have a very vivid memory of that. That scene where she gives him that information. Oh, Aaron remembers. He's dro- She's dropping a bomb on him, <laughs> and it's like she's just talking about like doing the laundry or something. <laughs> Like, not only is it badly written, but, like, the delivery of telling someone you have a doppelganger and it's not you. Like, she sounds like she's talking about a restaurant she doesn't want to go to. Not the fact that there is another person. Like, oh, man, I don't want to go back to Panera Bread. Yeah. No way, man. No, I told you. I don't like their lunch meat. Sorry, man. Okay? (laughs) Like, like, oh, man, I got this doppelganger, and that's totally who you did it with. And that's not me. That's not me. Yeah, that's what it was like. It was (laughs) seriously (laughs) like... What does this, he, what does this he, have to do with Catholicism? He, <laughs> <laughs> Nothing, Joe. But it does. They try so hard. He thinks, well, maybe that was a whole other story, like the stigmata thing or something. We did, we did discuss earlier that this feels like three movies cut into yeah, one. Yeah. And it probably was. I mean, what if we were talking about... Um, that lawyer guy, what if that was going to be another storyline that picks so. up later? Like, Is he in the movie at all after that point? I don't remember him, but maybe he was a mask or I something so. later. Oh, yeah. Oh. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, because I didn't know, I didn't recognize who all those masks were. I haven't got to that part yet. Okay. Because that's, that's, ooh. Oh, my God. Okay, so we've established that. He thinks he's had sex with her. She says it wasn't her. She has a doppelganger. She definitely had sex. He definitely had sex with somebody. She's in a bad mood, and she's like, I'm not the doppelganger. 
that is not me. And he's like, what? Yeah. He's like, okay, this person is crazy. And then, and then she goes, can you take me to visit my crazy brother in the mental institution? <laughs> Cause I need to go see him. And he's like, uh, she goes, it would be a really big favor to me. I mean, me. we did have sex last night, so I guess I'll do you this favor. So he drives her there. And this part I almost forgot about. People acting crazy in the background of every scene. Oh, yeah, that's like, right. Like, real crazy. Yeah. Like, pretending to bat at things that aren't there. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, we're in the mental institution, so we got to have lots of crazy people in the background. <laughs> ham it up. Just got to ham it up. Hey, are you an extra in Toppleganger? Guess what? You got to ham it up. Oh, you're a crazy person in Toppleganger. You best be flinging your arms around. That straitjacket is not tied properly. Later at the hospital, there's a crazy person there. And isn't there a scene at a police station where there's a crazy person? Uh, Or or maybe someone resisting arrest, perhaps. Either way, they're thrashing. There's someone who's thrashing in the background there, too, yeah. Okay. (laughs) So she goes there. She visits her brother. They have kind of a nice moment. By the water fountain, <laughs> where someone is acting completely crazy in the background. Um, but it's like in very that touching, moment, touching music too. I remember there being some very like yeah. like earnest yeah, music yeah, going on in the background. It's a serious moment. This is a very serious moment, and then there's some yeah. guy pulling his arms around in the background, just fighting the imaginary fairies. I'm or, sure or, had someone or, run naked. It could have been a real taster's choice moment, but that guy ruined it. But I think this moment is supposed to be, like, reaffirming for the guy, the Patrick guy, because he sees how, you know, tenderly she cares about her brother and that she's there for him and has his back. And he's like, huh, maybe she's not so crazy after all. And then is that when they get invited to the party or... He goes. Uh, that lunch? that must be yes. There's like 16 lunches <laughs> in the movie. I feel so like I should have been keeping a tally of the number of lunch appointments that happened in yeah. this film because it felt like like every other moment. Whenever I'd blink, there'd be another scene where this woman is just telling you know the voice of reason, obviously in the film, but she's just like get rid of her, you know, the whole time. Get rid of her. Yeah, he's. He's telling her details of what this woman has been doing, uh, is his best friend. Uh, and sh- his best friend keeps going, oh, that's great. We'll add that to the script. You know, like, cause he <laughs> thinks, she thinks he's making it up. Like, no, no, you don't understand. <laughs> She's real. Yeah. So then they show up to the party. Right. And she's real. And then the lady gets all jealous. And she's like, what do you mean you really have this girl? Like, but she's there with somebody else, too. And at first, there are some people who are acting kind of superior to them in right. some way. Right, the, the person who's like, has the party going is like, oh, man, they're really boring. Oh, and that dance music. Uh, yes. I don't know. Yeah. And then you just got to. You gotta rub your hands all right, over right. yourself. She, she's like, she's dressed up like, uh, you know, uh, like a, a kind of what you might consider a country bumpkin. Uh, she's all, you know, her hair is all tied up, and she's wearing very conservative-looking clothing. And then once that rhythm gets into her, you know, 
lets the hair down. All of a sudden, she's down to a white dress, and we spend about five minutes watching her rub her hands all over herself on the dance floor. Is it a white dress? Yes, it is a white dress. <laughs> Remember, she wears white. The other girl wears black. Oh, yeah. That's how we know. So, <laughs> she dances, and she's kind of like mesmerizing everybody like some people are taking notice of her yeah, all of a sudden um she's not so boring after all and then you should describe the room a little bit too perhaps and oh then yeah, no- yeah, yeah oh yeah or that's some- the that's the room with the artwork yeah some very 90s <laughs> 90s inspired art the artwork sure. is like um yeah, like yeah. Han Solo, but naked ladies in the what is he trapped in? The carbonite. Yeah, it's like it's like naked ladies in carbonite, <laughs> yeah. trying to get out. Let's see if uh-huh. that domain is taken already. Uh, <laughs> ladies trapped in carbonite <laughs> Naked ladies trapped in carbonite. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's how Google will find us, right? That's right. So I don't really know what happens. She gets a bloody nose, um, and they just leave. After that? I think she kind of screamed. I think she was like, oh, she was yeah. like totally into the dance, you know, just, you know, making sure her hands were all over her body. And then she just like. <laughs> she had like some sort of vision, right? Yeah, that's what it was. A, a vision? Of, of the face, right? She had a vision of the face. The meat face? Yeah, of meatloaf. Uh, <laughs> meatloaf. <laughs> meat face. I forgot that Meatloaf is a person. <laughs> when I said that, he's like one of the best, man. I enjoy his acting roles. I don't enjoy him as a person. <laughs> Meatloaf, don't listen to Joel. So what, You're great. Mm-hmm. What happens after they leave the dance party? It's probably another uh, lunch. <laughs> I don't remember. I mean, is that well, the he, time like, he, he hooks up with her, her up. for real? Well, this is not the, it's not the same person, I thought. I thought she was the, uh, let's just, let's clear this up. She's got multiple personalities. One of them is more, (laughs) let's just leave it with that. Okay, she has multiple multiple personalities. personalities. One of them is a little more straight-laced, and the other one is more of a party I want to enjoy. You know, she, she's nice, and the other one is more reserved. So, I'm, I'm not sure. Oh, and at some point a cop comes to his house and says, you know, or somebody, no. who is that weirdo? I don't know how that happens. He, like, leaves the apartment and to go talk to somebody else's apartment or something? and knocks on the door and crazy dude answers it. And he's like, you wee wabbit, you been sweeping with my woman or something. I don't know what's going on. Have you slept with her? Have you slept with her? <laughs> yeah, he says... Did you guys do it? And he's like, what? Did you ever? <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot about that. I think he was a mask, too. He's got yeah, he kind was. of like a southern accent, right? Yeah. He was definitely he was definitely a mask. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's doing so. <laughs> it's really bad. It's so, so- bad. She's wanted for Moitas. <laughs> <She's, laughs> that's not Southern. That's something else. Oh, but Joel. 
Yeah, the, that was one of the fast-talking parts that were really bad. <laughs> he suspected of these murders and <laughs> So much exposition, so much dialogue just blown yeah. at you. Like, even the character can't, or the main character, Patrick, he can't even, like, he can't even. He just yeah. can't even deal with it, It was know? for the cold, hard cash, you see? You see? can't. <laughs> 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 She killed someone, and they killed someone, and now there's only one person standing between her and the big bucks. You know That's what right. I mean? <laughs> you, know, you don't know about the inheritance. She definitely has an inheritance. And, oh, she didn't tell you? Big surprise. <laughs> Best so, soundbite in, the, in our podcast history, in my opinion. <laughs> So it turns out that uh, she has millions of dollars waiting for her, but the right now it's divided between her and her brother as the only living heirs. This heirs, weirdo heirs, has planted heirs. the seed in his mind that she may possibly be trying to kill her brother. Yes. And he can tell from their interaction that he doesn't think that she would ever do something like that to hmm. her brother. So Yeah, she obviously loves her brother. At some point, he sleeps with the good version of her, and see, I don't, I don't I feel remember like, that happening. Well, what happened was, is he kind of like, like she was making moves to, like, you know, initiate sex again, and then initiate sex. initiate sex. The button, <laughs> press the button, <laughs> roll for initiative. Yeah. Uh... And, then, <laughs> and then he like he gets upset because he's like, "Oh, you're just gonna say that it was someone else? It wasn't and, you, yeah, yeah, yeah." And then she's like, "No, not this time." This this episode is dirty, but I'm I'm sorry, but there's no way source material, dude. We can't do the anything source material. About it. It's just it is we're, what it is. We're still not gonna curse. <laughs> but, I feel like a teacher man. trying to teach like sex ed or something. That's how, I feel. That's how I feel like while we're talking about this. By the way, I just want to be open open with everyone. <laughs> So, and she's naked, and it's. I think that a lot of guys really liked that. Yeah. It probably made some money. It probably made a lot of money. I looked so, up a review for it on uh, Letterboxd, the site I use to put all the movies I watch in. Mm -hmm. And it was like, this movie is famous on Mr. Skin for, for one reason and one reason only. I'm like, oh, I feel like I should have known that. <laughs> going into it? Yeah. I, I, you know, things go into the brain. They don't stay there for I'm, a reason. I'm not, too, I'm not too familiar Never with Never heard of this movie. I think this was, like, one of the least sexy movies I've ever seen. Okay, it's like Drew Barrymore <sighs> just did Poison Ivy, the movie, and then she did this one. And this one was, like, kind of the same in a lot of ways, but they tried to throw in all these other crazy elements, and it just didn't work. None of them. None of them stuck. <laughs> they just... And it was like they tried them all, and they decided, we'll just combine them all, or something. I don't yeah, know. Sell it to her, like, oh, don't worry, the nudity is necessary for the story. You know, it's just... Just, yeah, you got to be in the shower soon, because we're going to... We're going to... Don't worry, we're going to pour red stuff on you. It's going to look like blood. It's It's really symbolic of... Uh, something. <laughs> I don't know where this guy's accent. Man, I, just, I don't know. <laughs> so, at some point he sleeps with the good version of her, or right. whatever. Yeah. I don't know if that's the same night as when someone kills her brother well, in the home. Tries to. Oh, that's right. 
That's I true. forgot her brother lives. <laughs> well, yeah, she the, the 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 Drew Barrymore doppelganger that goes to the 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 asylum tries to pay off the night the night um the night watch to allow her access to her brother's room, but she's like, it's not visiting hours. You can't go. So she finds some other way to get in there and initiates the the shanking. You know, and, and starts trying to stab the brother, and 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 you know he yeah. screams, and you know she's she the the night the night uh night watch runs to the door and tries to unlock the door and gets in there, and you know he, some lady goes, why is she doing that outside of the door? That's <laughs> <laughs> so, th- that part is also the first time we, even though everything has been so weird, this also kind of establishes that something is even more off about. Drew Barrymore, when she's uh, trying to hide who she is, when she's wearing the shades and the the head wrap, because when she talks to the the nurse, and I I was making fun of this at the time because I thought she was, uh, I mean, she was, the actress was doing a voice, but she was like, I'm here to see my brother. No, it wasn't wasn't Drew Barrymore. I mean, it was Drew Barrymore's voice, but she was purposely like making it deeper. It sounds like it was in a whatever those are, the voice changer machines. (laughs) Kazoo? No, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what they're called. I feel like we're only halfway through what we need to talk about. I mean, well, we don't. We, 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 we've stumbled into having to talk about the story because it's like. There's so many things that because happen. Because we're trying to explain that this movie is insane. <laughs> <laughs> and we, all three of us, several times during the movie went, what are we watching? Yeah. Because then there's, like, the, we haven't even, like, touched on the whole plot line of her father. And, like, how, how the hell he's showing up everywhere. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, or yeah. Like, or, like, the part... It seems yeah. like she's having visions of her dad, but no. And it... Oh, yeah. And uh, the whole Catholicism thing, uh, he... Uh, Patrick... He mentions it to his best friend, and his she's priest? like... This, this is who we were talking about before. The nun who runs the sex phone place is like, oh, she knows all about that stuff. You should go talk to her. And that that's not a payoff at all because... The lady says that he needs to love both. Oh, yeah. No, they need to love. Each. Love will unite. Love oh, will unite the doppelganger. Love will bring them together. No, I can't use that like song. The Smiths? <laughs> like, the, like the Smiths? Is that what yes. Cool. Or like love will Agent tear us Smith. apart. Oh. <laughs> there we go. That's what it is. <laughs> That's the song for like this Morrissey. episode. Love will tear us apart. Joy One Division. One is the loneliest number. Yeah, Joy Division. <laughs> Definitely Joy Division. <laughs> so she tells him she's like the oracle of this movie. Yeah. And no. In, <laughs> in the way that yeah, everything that happens is just another crazy. Whatever. If they had cut out her completely from the movie, it would have made no difference whatsoever. I feel like they kept her in the movie to pad it out. Or because they had this footage and they're like, oh, we have to use it. You know, she talks for 20 minutes. She, she doesn't talk for that long, but she does. She monologues for <laughs> well, a long time. Yeah, there's at least a 10 minute monologue. It just felt like It just felt like to me. Most of your heroin gray. It wasn't actually 10 minutes. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then he's just, and then the dude, Patrick's just like, oh, yeah, thanks. And he walks yep. out. Like, yeah. He walks out going, that wasn't very helpful. Mm-hmm. And we were thinking, 
That was pointless. So, whatever. Okay, so then he's walking down on the tracks, and he sees someone that looks just like her. Is this when she's in jail already? Uh, Somebody... No, she's, she, he, like, takes her over to his best friend's house. <laughs> this movie! This movie! Yeah, he takes her to her best friend's house, and she's like, I can't believe you would bring her here. And, you know, I've been in love with you this whole time, waiting for you, all this stuff like that. Like, uh, revealing that she had this crush on Patrick this whole time, the best friend that is. And then a guy walks out of her bedroom, and he gives her this look like, ah. And she she actually has, like, one of the best lines in the movie, which I can't repeat because it's got cursing in it. It's, it's But that that part was legitimately funny. It was pretty awesome. She is legitimate. She's, I mean, she's my favorite character in the movie. She says funny stuff. Drew Barrymore is my favorite character in the movie, even though I can't look at her in some parts of this. (laughs) 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 Um, So she gets arrested on suspicion of stabbing her brother. Then um, she gets out of jail. Uh, The family lawyer, whatever, bails her out. And then... Patrick is, like, acting kind of like he doesn't want to talk to her. And she's like, yeah, I understand. Like, I'm just going to go get my stuff. No, she goes, can, can I keep the apartment? Because he's acting like he's oh, going to yeah, get out of town. he's all packed up. He's yeah. packed up. And at that point, she she killed the cat. Oh, somebody did. Well, somebody, yeah, yeah. We don't know who, but he walks in. That that was... That, no, he, he, just, goes, he goes back to the FBI agent's apartment. That's what oh. it was, and that's where he finds the cat dead. No, oh, he finds it in his apartment. It was his apartment? It's hanging in the kitchen. <laughs> the kitchen we've established, where, oh. you, where he chops vegetables the, and you and have the, sex on the floor. The trees come in the window. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. I was way off on that one. All right. Yeah, Aaron, what the... No. Yeah, I don't know how I, don't know how, it just how I could get like confused at all by this movie. <laughs> well, they took everything down. Yeah, so that's it was. So it was like... Yeah. It was yeah. like this was the first day of taping before they put all of his crap on the walls it's for his, the... Yeah. <laughs> that, that part is so sudden. Like, he just says the cat's name, you see it hanging, and then we cut. And I'm, I'm glad we didn't linger on it, because that's really upsetting. <laughs> But, you know, it, it was so fake looking, I didn't even care. Mm. But I don't like it when they use, like, violence against animals as, like, a plot device. Um, even though, you know, whatever. It's fine. It's a horror movie. It wasn't realistic at all. Nothing in this movie was realistic. <laughs> yeah. Nothing. These aren't people you know. These aren't three-dimensional characters. It was like watching The Room. <laughs> yeah. Like, you don't know these people because they are... Something written on a piece of paper. <laughs> um, and none of it feels believable. Although, I think Drew Barrymore did give it her best shot, um, given the writing and the circumstances and her age and what she had already done and what this movie called for. I think she really did try. But who knows what the situation was with this movie. You felt like you could see the crew, like, just standing behind the camera almost. Going so, like, like this. <laughs> they pulled the crew in to ogle her for yeah. some of the scenes. Yeah, I don't know about um, that. No, I mean, I mean... That's how it felt, though. Yeah. I just... There was something lascivious going on. I, I felt like it was so low budget that you the, the sets looked like the walls were going to fall down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there were, lo- there were a lot of sets. 
I know. Yeah, you have you have to agree. There were a lot of set. Yeah, there was a lot of different takes or, or sets. Yeah, definitely. By the way, the woman who played uh, Drew Barrymore's mom in the movie was Drew Barrymore's mom. Oh, she killed her. She killed her mom. That's her right. Mom. She was living out of fantasy. No wonder she had so much fun doing enthusiasm. It. <laughs> Enthusiastic stabbing. Okay, so right, tag. So she um, hashtag. <laughs> she got arrested. She got bail. He's running for the hills because someone killed his cat, and he doesn't know what's going on with her. He finally listens to reason. The best friend's like, you gotta go. You gotta get out of here. So he packs up his stuff. She says, I understand when she gets there and says, can I keep the apartment? He goes, yeah. And then she says she's gonna go. Oh, no. The doppelganger calls her on the phone. We need to go back to where it all started. A doppelganger calls her on the phone and says, I want to meet up with you alone where it all started. And she goes, okay, I'll come alone. And you think you're going to see a final showdown. Right. With this demon, right? It's a demon. Must be a demon. So she goes back to her old house and it's like someone is doing like a storm effect. Like, rain and wind and lightning and noises, like, and she's there, and he's decided, Patrick, the dude who loves her, has decided he's going to follow her there and try to help her, even though she said she was going alone to the doppelganger. (laughs) I'm going alone to the doppelganger. See you later. (laughs) I meant she said... I'm going alone. I've got to do this myself. When she was speaking to the doppelganger. Yeah. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So then she gets to the house. He kind of creeps in a window. And that's when we get Joel's reaction, which was what a twist. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we find out there is no doppelganger. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What? We find out there's no doppelganger? Yeah, there is no doppelganger. Yeah. He slides through the window and he sees a series of outfits, masks on mannequins. Right. And there are out- se- several different outfits. The FBI agent, the dude who fixed the plumbing in the, in, oh, in the kitchen. Oh, we didn't even talk about the-, the guy who came in and fixed the sink. That's, that's important stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the family lawyer. The cable guy. Her. 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 Danny, Danny Trejo. There were a lot of masks. There were a lot of masks at the end. It was oh, like a line. Her father. In that scene where he climbs through the window and sees all the masks, you think you're coming to a realization that she wasn't lying and that there were all these other weird people showing up, but that it was someone putting on masks. And Jim Carrey. Then he goes downstairs and it's her therapist. Her therapist is there, and he's got her on the couch or something. Uh, what? How does she's? Yeah, she's like Tied unconscious up? for some oh. reason. No, she's yeah. He she's gave out. her a shot. Or yeah, he gave her a shot of uh, Utopia X, and she's a zombie now. No, I don't. Um, well, yeah. Either way, it turns out the therapist is cray cray, and he's been telling her that she's cray cray. Because she's got multiple personalities and they're not aware of each other. So he's been saying that you have a doppelganger walking around, decided to take advantage of that so that he could get their money. Wait, so. Anyways, he, that was the twist. 
I thought I thought I thought the fact that he was um my, my I don't know I could be wrong about this but but what what I felt was is that he was he was manipulating her because he wanted her to come back to New York he wanted her to be there with him I don't think he was really all about the money I think he was about her the fact that she she had these multiple personalities was something that he was like really into oh he like killed her father. And attempted to kill her brother too. Well, oh, and no, I'm, suggested I'm not... to kill her mom. Yeah. No, I I do think he was he in love with her that. too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm sure the money was all. He was he was about the money as well. But I think he just wanted a manipulator, right? To, to to have her in his clutches. Right. Yeah. That, that 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 was what was implied. Yeah. After he did his Scooby Doo reveal, and, and Pat- <laughs> Patrick was foiling his plan or something like that. I guess he, he didn't getting... like Pat. Yeah, he didn't like Patrick because Patrick really liked her. And he wasn't going to manipulate her. And also, he was her new boyfriend, and he didn't like that either. Yeah. So he was like, look, here's the situation. I'm going to level with you. I want all this family's money, just like the guy in the room, because he was the guy in the room. Um, And I want that lady, too. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. I've been telling her that she's crazy. And that she has a doppelganger. And then I've been telling her that when she's using her other personality... Actually, she does have multiple personalities, yeah, doesn't he? Yeah, she definitely said? has okay. multiple per- They established earlier, like, uh, at the police station that she's got... She's, uh, yeah, and multiple personality disorder. MPD, or e, I think he calls it. That's what Which is not what they call it anymore, I don't think. Uh, she's cray. Is, you know, she's... <laughs> I don't know if schizophrenia is the same thing or, or what, no. but yeah. So Okay, yeah. so so anyways, he, he reveals this and they get into a fight, and that's the end of the movie. He defeats the lawyer, and everything's happy. Boy, that was a good movie, guys. <laughs> and I was so glad wait. What what? Am I forgetting something? Hold on. Oh yeah, WTF. Earthquake. W T F. That stands for World Turkey Fluffy Buns. There's an earthquake and then a Diet Coke fell over. Product placement. Oh, was there a Diet Coke? No, I'm oh, just uh, messing with that you. That sounds refreshing. <laughs> <laughs> so, this movie has been weird. And I don't think we can describe what happens. I can describe it, or maybe oh, I know Aaron you can. can. D- I know you can talk about what happens. It's funny. You, it's, you can use your words. Is this like sleepaway camp, or no? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just funny that we saw this movie right after we watched two thousand one, which also has a very, I guess, interpretive and you know, well done. Obviously, thank you, thank you, Stanley Kubrick. But like, it's very interesting. <laughs> the, 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 you know, you get that ending, and then you get this one, and it's just like. Doppelganger is the supernatural thriller <laughs> equivalent of 2001, yes. Well, just, I'm talking about the ending. <laughs> no, I know what you're Come saying. On. I'm joking. <laughs> it's going from the top to the bottom. <laughs> but the, the, when he's fighting the lawyer, an earthquake happens. Yep. And Drew Barrymore goes through such an ins- such an insane thing happens to her. Like, you can't... I think we have to talk about this. We are talking about it. I'm being very careful about it because (laughs) I want to establish that there 
there i don't care what anyone says there was nothing leading up in the movie to this i don't care if you're talking about the flashes of meatloaf face i don't care if you're talking about the dream sequences well i think that's what makes this movie so interesting and captivating is actually this part of it i i mean i think i mean like you said there is you get you get no breadcrumbs leading up to this (laughs) like there is no trail through the forest that leads you to this 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 uh, meadow, I guess. I didn't of, of see this insanity. coming. No, no, you just don't, you no. don't see it. You don't so, see it. Yeah, what happens uh, to Drew Barrymore? Well, Sarah. I think that we have differing views on what actually happened. No, just in this just movie. tell me what happens okay. in the movie. Okay, so what you see is some really gross stuff starts getting all over Drew Barrymore. She starts getting like slimy all over her body. She's tied up to a couch, I think. And she starts getting all slimy, and then she starts getting, like, web-like hands and feet, and then um, she kind of starts getting bloody, and, like, then, like, kind of in a gross horror movie style, like, her body starts to, like, rip apart from the middle. Like, literally rip apart. The way that Sarah is describing it is... The speed at which this happens. It is not a suddenly horrible things happen. <laughs> this, this shot of her, it's like they really put all the money for the budget into this and they were going to get it on film. We are going to see her <laughs> writhing, writhing and ripping her skin and, and twisting her limbs in unnatural ways and then like she said, splitting. She l- splits in half, and it's really gross. I don't like violence or gore or horror s- kinds of things like this in movies. In fact, I usually go out of my way to avoid seeing this kind of stuff because I used to have really bad nightmares as a kid. But um, basically, it's like... Um, how can I put this? Uh, I don't even know what to relate it to. Aaron. But it's like these Well, um I I do enjoy horror films. Um I feel that this scene had a very resonant feel with a lot of the like um Hellraiser films. Mm. And a very Cenobite or Cenobite, I think that's what they're called. Those mm-hmm. are the, the, these are like creatures that live inside this uh this uh, puzzle cube. And uh you know, all their their mere existence is to make sure that the whoever solves the puzzle is like killed basically or murdered. In the grossest way possible, but it had a very, a very kind of like someone had just opened the Hellraiser puzzle box feel to it. <laughs> Literally, that's what it felt like because I just, I, I just finished Hellraiser two like the night before watching this movie, so I had yeah. like a, like a, oh my god, who touched the puzzle box? Yeah. Like moment there. Yeah. <laughs> so, like the Olsen twins, there's suddenly two of these things now. So yeah, it's two blobs that then turn into two disgusting humanoids that are very strange looking. They have very long necks and they're very thin and it's like they're gross flesh wrapped aliens that have some kind of weird teeth Yeah, they're making faces and twisting their fingers. And and it's like looking at him, looking at them, looking at the window, looking at them, 
looking at the couch, looking at them. Yeah. Like we see them a lot of times. That's and at, at some point I got I got it, you know, and I was like this is gross <laughs> and I looked away and I it wasn't done yet. No. It wasn't a, I kept trying to avoid seeing more of it, but it's not done yet. Psychiatrist and Patrick are both just looking at this. They I mean, they can't tear their eyes away and neither can we. <laughs> We're just like what? I mean, I I was like what is happening? So we, we've got two monsters now that look identical. They're disgusting, fleshy, humanoid, thin things. What's the first thing they do? They kill the therapist? Nope. No? What do they do? They attack each other. Oh, yeah. They attack each other. I forgot. That's right. Okay, so that's supposed to kind of show the conflict that, that Drew Barrymore is having on the inside, maybe. Right. Yes. These, these are two, these two, two personalities. Beef, these two beef jerky people. <laughs> gotta, fight, gotta fight it out. Uh, what a glor- glorious, beautiful Imagery? metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> They're more like uh, barbecue buffalo wings. Like you're right. They do kind of have the more <laughs> buffalo wings consistency. Yeah. So if you're listening to this podcast and enjoying some nice buffalo wings, uh, just pick up two pieces, <laughs> smack them together, and, and you've experienced doppelganger. Take take three of the like little drumsticks and stack them on top of each other. And that's like a 164th. <laughs> 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 you need one chicken wing for the head. Oh, yeah, the head. And then you need a bunch of bones for the body. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. They were very super thin. Yeah. Kind of, kind of like, like, like if someone had peeled the skin off a gray, a gray alien, you yes, know, because they, totally. they had a very ali- gray alien kind of head yeah. shape thing going on, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. This kind of looked like What's-His-Face's art to me, done very poorly. Mm. The guy who did the alien art. Oh, yeah. Um, it's like somebody saw that and was like, H. I R. won't. Giger. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but H. more disgusting. <laughs> Not right. <laughs> because you looked at it and you thought that it looked sticky and oh, yeah. like it would smell bad and like it, disgusting. It was like a gross out moment. And it was out of nowhere. And it just kept going. But yeah. you know, I, I don't know. I think I was kind of, I was actually, I, I know Sarah had, had uh, didn't really enjoy it, but I was actually pleasantly surprised the movie went this way. Oh, no, no, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm gonna, no, because the, this is probably the only reason I'd ever watch this movie again. It's just it was just out of nowhere. Like Joel was trying, you know, like what Joel was saying earlier. This is out of nowhere. You have no, like, you're just like. I, I was like, oh, okay, the big reveal is that the the dude, the dude was just all these other characters messing with Patrick. You know, you, I thought that was it. I thought that was gonna be it. I yeah. don't know, man. I don't know. We all thought it was over then. <laughs> we all thought it was over. Oh my god! Suddenly, she rips in half and turns into these two weird fleshy aliens. That fight each other and kill. I feel kill... like it almost would have made more sense if she if she ripped in the half and was two Drew Barrymores. Of course, it yeah. would have made more sense. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but it still it would have made more made sense, sense if they had like a like a faint image of her stepping out of herself as like, like a, a ghost. ghost. Yes. Yeah, that would have made more sense. Yeah. Um, it would have made more sense if. She had, like, if she, if they exercised a demon right then, like, any number of things probably would have made more sense. Than, n- this well, was so it just, crazy. It's just, it's just like, like, the, the scene, the scene where, where the, 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 uh, sex phone operator is trying to explain that love is the one thing that, that's <laughs> gonna, like, fix everything. Like, it, they lost that part of the script. Wherever that happened, like, I mean, it was very obviously that violence was the only answer to, like, <laughs> 
Mr. Baymore's problems. I well, was expecting him at, to kiss them or something, the, or, yeah. or like have at a group end, hug. After she takes care of the lawyer, she does reunite with herself, and I think that's supposed to be her embracing. You know, okay. that, that is supposed to be her deciding love. Although you can't tell because these are mutant crazy creatures that look like they're really upset all the time. And I'd be upset. I'm covered with disgusting bloody barbecue sauce stuff. And they'd rejoin just as long, just as painstakingly as they split apart. They rejoin. And then after yeah, this whole transformation. We should just leave it at that because I think after that it's just downhill. <laughs> okay. Well, let's just leave it at that for that part of it. Anyways, thanks, Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I, I'm really glad I did see this movie. Oh, I'm glad, too. I'm glad. Mm. I, uh, yeah. No, you know, Drew Barrymore is, is awesome. I think she's an amazing actress and, and, and an amazing uh, just person in general dealing with uh, with film. I mean, if it wasn't for her, we wouldn't. Uh, Donnie Darko wouldn't have happened, and that's a film I really like a lot. Um, you know, she's been in some really cool projects. Yeah, I think she's just an awesome person, and I'm glad. I'm glad to see she, you know, tried some edgy stuff, you know. <laughs> well, what do you think of the clothes and doppelganger? We didn't really talk about that. You, you seem to like the dresses she was wearing. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I made note of that. Um, initially, when she walks up to the house, she's wearing this little um, either dress or skirt, which I'm not sure because I didn't get a very close look at it. But um, it's like this little dress that has polka dots on it and these two little like high-waisted buttons like sailor pants would have and anyway um so she's wearing this dress when she first gets there and like a headband it's very 90s it's like a padded headband that she wears and like i kept expecting her to be wearing a choker but she never wears one in the whole movie (laughs) Um, and she has these little dresses that are, like, the baby doll style, but they're, like, more fitted. It's, like, um, just a simple, in fact, yeah, dress. And then in another scene later, I noticed that she's wearing the same design dress in a different color. And then, again, they've done it, like, three times in the movie, and it's, like, someone had a simplicity pattern, and they just cut it from a few different fabrics at the same time <laughs> just to fit her. The costumer, um, I guess, wanted her to look the same a lot. But it was very 90s. 90s makeup, 90s dresses. And, yeah, in the party scene, you see people wearing stuff like... That was almost 80s, some of the clothes yeah, that they were wearing. Yeah. It was early 90s, not late 90, 90s. 93. That's what the fucking Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, who knows when it was actually made. This Maybe was, it sat on the shelf for a while. This wasn't the best era um, of clothing. I mean, in the <laughs> 90s, there was some cool stuff, but this particular point in the 90s, it's like it hadn't really hit its stride yet. You didn't have, like, a little argyle skirt like you do in Clueless yet. You just had a little dress, and it didn't have any specific print or shape or anything. And then I think at the end she's wearing, like, a pleather white dress. But it was, like, a lot of short little dresses. And then his clothes, he was, like, constantly wearing this, like, white oversized button-up shirt, like, stuffed into a pair of, like, awkward jeans. And it was just not a good look. And he has, like, long hair. It was like a Michael Bolton outfit. Yeah, totally looked like he was... I mean, I don't know if the guy was good-looking or not. (laughs) Like... Yeah, I did realize where I had also seen him in. He's the, uh... 
in Father of the, the Bride with uh, Steve Martin, he's the one who's marrying his daughter uh. in those movies. It's like, yeah, he's a, he's a good-looking guy. And I think, <laughs> despite how insane this movie was, I think he did a pretty good job. <laughs> mm. right? That's cool. Huh? I am glad that we get to talk about the clothes like that, because I'm. it's interesting to hear about that from you. I feel like I'm talking about something that nobody cares about, but... Um... <laughs> I, think I think it's cool. It's, it's just digging a little bit deeper. It's great. Yeah. Stuff I noticed was the crazy yeah. music and the crazy clothes. <laughs> These outfits were almost cute. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. They tried their best. Yeah, know. they were working with what they had at the time and <laughs> probably a very small budget. Oh, yeah. Definitely. <sighs> So is there anything else you guys want to say about this? I think I'm done, man. I feel <laughs> totally spent. I am so topped out. But I I guess if I had to say anything else about the movie, I would say it's worth seeing if for no other reason than to just be like, I, what did I, am I on an acid trip? <laughs> like, what is this? <laughs> um... For the shock factor and for just the bizarreness. It's like watching The Room, but with Drew Barrymore naked and with, like, crazy, like, alien stuff happening. Yeah, I feel like it is It is like The Room if The Room had actors in it. And, uh, I mean, it, I think, I, I feel like, I tried to see if other, uh, I, I listened to a bunch of other comedy uh, film podcasts, you know, We Hate Movies and The Flophouse and... Uh, yeah, how did this get made? And as far as I could tell, none of them have covered this movie. So that felt kind of like a, I felt a, a weird kind of pressure talking about it because we're not, you know, we're, we're as funny as we are. We're not a comedy podcast. And this movie is the kind of thing I feel like you should get together with a group of friends and watch. But honestly, don't watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it to yourself i mean oh my you can go ahead and watch it go you watch it or watch some clips from it but it's not it's so bad and it's it's shocking i actually think i enjoyed this movie more than you did it's completely possible because i would watch it again uh, well, you can, because Actually, we own yeah. it. Well, yeah, that's that's two votes, Joel. Actually, yeah. I would probably watch it again, too. Just because I can't believe that well, it exists. That's that's fine. You guys watch I mean, it. I'll be sitting there watching Quincy's Quest on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I... You're the only one. Yeah, I think Quincy's Quest was made for you. <laughs> you waited <laughs> Like some guy in the late 70s was just like... Joel Torres needs this movie. I'm going to write this movie. Someday there's going to be a guy named Joel who's going to love my film. Oh, boy. <laughs> so uh, we're going to resurrect the randomizer for this turn, although next time I, I would like to have, uh, if possible, have another guest on to select a movie. Uh, but let's let's do this on the air. Let's, uh, okay, so hit that switch for me over there. Okay. We're going to make sure everything's good. Okay, that's one. Okay. Okay, so randomizer. What do we got? The Devil and Daniel Webster from 1941. I've actually heard of this movie. Uh, the name sounds a little familiar, mm -hmm. definitely. It says it's on the Criterion Collection. 
Oh. And I've watched a bunch of those, so that doesn't necessarily mean it's a good movie, but <laughs> this will be interesting. Cool. So, yeah, that's what we will be watching next week. Uh, until then, uh, make sure that if you do watch Doppelganger, that your loved ones know where you are, uh, <laughs> where they can find you. Please don't take any substances, because you may think that uh, you actually have somebody sitting next to you who is a complete copy of yourself. Also, go to church, and uh, never trust a therapist. We'll see you next week. Or a pretty girl. Or oh, definitely don't trust any pretty woman. <laughs> and don't take any wooden nickels. What? What? Wooden nickels are the okay. Anyways, we'll see you next week. <laughs> Bye. 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 And if you want love, make it swim in a deep sea of blankets. I take all your big plans and break them. This is bad.